Well, we continue in the thought. Now, let's see. The first stage of this one, I preached on the internet. Did I not? That was a a few weeks ago. And we're talking about links in the fellowship. And uh, considered... In Christ there is the fellowship of organisation which makes it possible for Christians. And then we went through six points and each of these main points have six under them and we looked at it possible for the, in the fellowship of the organisation of Christians to be knit together. Was that in the service? Or was No, that, I think it was... It. No, that was um, Brother Andrew preaching last Sunday night. And so, knit together, framed together, framed together. So all these is is organisation, isn't it? Knit is an organised pattern of things you do to make a garment. Framed is a house put together. I think we might have been here. Framed together. I was here anyway, preaching. (laughs) Um, And built together. And many things that you build in life, yes, it's it's organised. Uh, if you have an un- unorganised building, it's probably going to fall down sooner than later, one day. <laughs> um, joined together, perfectly joined together, tempered together, and we use the illustration of heat-treated steel and cogs and things like that, and communing together, communing together. They're the verses we looked at, and they have the, th- the word together is in all of these verses, or fellowship, so it's a it's a togetherness and links in the fellowship. So in Christ there's a fellowship of organisation. Tonight we look at the second point and in Christ there is the fellowship of occupation. Occupation. Organisation and occupation. And there needs to be a unity in occupation that we, we do. You know, <clears throat> when, say, concreters get together. Concreters can talk about concrete. <laughs> And uh, they, that's their occupation. That's what they do. And they'll give hints at people or, or other trades you have. You can talk about and you know what they're talking about because you do the same thing. And in Christ, it makes it possible in this occupation we have as Christians. Doesn't it say that we have an occupation as Christians? It does. In the New Testament. That we're to be occupied in things. Occupy, <laughs> occupy till I come, Jesus said. And this is the occupation. In fact, when you think of the trade or the business we do to earn money, our work, our career, that is the side issue. It's not just a pastor who should be occupied in spiritual matters, because that's what's going to last for eternity. The occupation down here is temporal to provide for the physical needs. Um, <clears throat> praise God that you've got a job. Praise God that you've got work and think you can do things. You've got health to do it. But um, we need to be occupied in the Lord's work. Uh, let's pray before we go through these points. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. And thank you that it brings these po- points out. May they be drawn out by your Holy Spirit tonight to help us to think about uh, how we should o- occupy ourselves and use our abilities and use our talents. And especially in your work, Lord, there's people in the church that have the ability to go out and reach people and talk to people 
There are others that can study and teach and present the word of God and feed the sheep, feed the flock. There are others, some that, Lord, you gift to have ministries to adults and for suffering people, Lord, and having empathy for them. There are others, Lord, that will able to work with young people and can communicate the gospel lord but these occupations we have as christians that are gifted to us at our salvation and even talented to us in in birth lord may we use them until you come and lord it will be a blessing because you will reward those that occupy themselves thus bless the word as it goes forth here in this building and in the on the web tonight on the internet we ask and pray a blessing upon each that hears and receives in jesus name amen <clears throat> let's go to the gospel i mean the book of acts i'm going to say the gospel of acts <laughs> the book of acts chapter two and when the church started things were moving quick <laughs> things happened rapidly All of Jerusalem was stirred about the death of the Messiah, well, about the man Jesus. Even as those two on the Emmaus Road said, haven't you heard? Where have you been? Everybody knows that what's happened in these last days in Jerusalem, that the one we expected to be our Messiah has died. So they all knew, and so there was quite an excitement, an air of expectation that had come and had gone, and now this happens, Pentecost. How many days after the Lord died, did Pentecost happen? Pente, it means 50, doesn't it? Pentecost. And so 50, 50 days later, this happened. And uh, great things, they were speaking in tongues and they thought they were the unsaved or the religious people thought these people were drunk. And they're not drunk. They, they heard them in their language. It was a known tongue. It was understood by the hearers what they were saying and uh, comprehended and praise God that the message needed to be gotten out to many nations and it happened didn't it God did it miraculously the other night when German was that and he come in and he tried to say something he couldn't uh, English he said English (laughs) he just couldn't express what he wanted to say he couldn't say what he meant and what was being said and it's a real hindrance, isn't it? Missionaries around the world. You know the Mackays over there in New Guinea while well, they're back here right now, but going into a, a tribe that may have, many of them may have not seen a white person before, to learn their language, to learn their language. Try, try to do that. I mean, to learn it without them teaching you, just talking. That's the only teaching. Then to write their language... And then to teach them their language so that they can read their language. This is the process. And you have to have long patience for doing something like that. <laughs> and then teach them the Bible. <laughs> At last, we got around to talk about the gospel. And um, then to teach them to teach others. And that's what the Bible says we ought to do. Teach them to teach others. It's a big task and a lot of effort to put into something like that. Doing translations of the Bible into other languages which organisations have gone about doing. Praise God for the people that he gifts and occupies doing that sort of 
uh, interpretation and getting it so it's right. <laughs> That's the hard part, isn't it? And, and being able, if we could, and can read Hebrew and English to go back to, to the Texas Receptus and interpret it from that into the language you're, you're teaching it in. That, you know, that, that would be a hard, hard call, wouldn't it? Unless you're very gifted to, to know Hebrew and all the uh, <coughs> cultural settings and the New Testament and then be able to interpret that into the language. Praise God, there are those people around. And as as Andrew does in in over there, you know, over there, <laughs> and um, he gets somebody who is a Christian to interpret his tracks from English into Hebrew, so that the people know, or into Russian, so that the people can understand their language. But here at Pentecost, this happened, and they were excited. They were <laughs> going for it. We could say they were presenting the gospel to everywhere they went everywhere preaching the gospel it does say verse 41 and they they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls <laughs> wonderful time of revival wasn't it and they, they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers now it doesn't use the word in verse 42 but it hints at it in verse 44 and all that believed were together and had all things in common they were gathered together meeting as they did in that early church and they continued in the doctrine the fellowship and so this is what they were occupied with in the early church this is all new um, Peter and the apostles are explaining the Old Testament to them because that's all the scriptures they had then and they were explaining what this and that and the other meant, just like the Lord Jesus did to the two on Emmaus Road, on the road to Emmaus. They're explaining all things concerning himself. Well, the apostles were explaining all things concerning Christ to these. And they were uh, gathered together, gathered together. First Corinthians 5.4 tells us, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together. Now, <laughs> if you look at the context... This is for church discipline. In the name of the Lord Jesus, when you're gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus, commit such a one to the destruction of the flesh or over to the devil because of the sin that they were committing. Is it that I'm saying First Corinthians? But anyway, it's there, First or Second Corinthians. And uh, read that. But they were gathered together. And that was for the purpose of having a meeting because there was a problem, a moral problem in the church that the man had his uh, <coughs> mother-in-law, the, the father-in-law, the way th it was written there. You read it and find there, gathered together for that purpose. So they were to gather together. And I've just been reading about, and uh, this mightn't go down with some, but most of you don't know who I'm talking about, uh, Jack Hiles. Does that ring a bell to some? And Jack Hiles started an enormous business, church over in America, and they go out and they'd boast about winning 3,000 souls to the Lord in one Saturday. And they had hundreds of buses and picking up, but they never had as many souls in the church as they said they got saved. And uh, he was promoting all sorts of manners of means to get out and get people, and actually at Bible College we use... Um, a book, it was a red covered book I've since got rid of it 
but it was uh, how to win souls. And uh, some things were right, some things were Bible, some things were hu- very human. But his son, Jack Hiles' son, David Hiles, took over the youth ministries and was going out and doing this. But all the time he was messing around with the girls in the youth group. He was only in his 20s and really brought disrepute upon the church. But his dad didn't do anything about it. He didn't do what 1 Corinthians 5 says. When they were gathered together, they should have dealt with the problem, this moral issue, immoral issue that was happening in the church. But gathered together here, it's wonderful. They were gathered together to study doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread. We've got to get back to doing that. And in prayers. So this is what they've met for a church. That's what the purpose of church. That's what you do at church. That's what they were doing in the early church as they gathered together. Let's look at Romans chapter 6. Go to the next one, Romans chapter 6 and verse 5. We read there, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. That's talking about the spiritual baptism into Christ. We've been planted together in the likeness of his death. We've died with Christ. We've been raised to newness of life. And it shall be in the day of resurrection and we raised like he was raised by the power of the resurrection. But planted together. And you see, and nowadays with planes and drones and all that, they can take pictures of plantations. If you get up high enough or you're travelling down the road and you're going past a plantation, might be grapes or trees, and you look down the rows of all lined up that way you look that way and all the rows are lined up that way <laughs> and all the rows are lined up that way and and they're all being planted together like a monoculture of what would be grapes or water you know almonds fruit trees been all planted together and if you're around the farm long you see that they take the machine with the spray with a big trumpet he sprays about six of them out the side on both sides and they travel down the aisle and they spray it all from underneath poisons are going everywhere fella sitting his tractor with his mask on so he can't get can't get poisoned, but <clears throat> these things are planted together to bring production to a maximum. And then the shaker machines to get the nuts off the tree and all the different things that they have organised together. And folks, we have been planted together as Christians. We're, you know, <laughs> it's, I was trying to help my brothers when they got the farm at Rennie, plant with a combine. Combine, don't you call it brother Dunn when you plant? And uh, they, had a, they had a machine far bigger than it was needed to pull it. And I thought, oh, you know, and there's a fellow next door planting and we're going round and round, you know, <laughs> meeting each other at the next time we come round the 100 acres. And <clears throat> but when the, when the crop grew, you see, I hadn't done much of this before. I'd done it with grass and a little, little combine, but this is much bigger. And uh, <clears throat> when that grew, there was a gap between each plantation plantation I was looking at the tyre and keeping it the the tyre of the combine and keeping it where I thought the other row had been planted but I should have gone over the row and uh, kept them you know whatever far apart they do and my brother made particular mention to me how to dig at me I'm doing it for nothing hope you're listening (laughs) but uh, they were all planted in a row you know with what we have today can you imagine in old times did they plant them in rows? Did they go down a row with the wheat and drop, drop, drop by hand? No. 
they did that and spread them so they weren't in rows but today we've got it all organised and systematised and, and, and when you go down with your tyres because you squash some of it next time you take your GPS and run down the same track so you don't kill more and squash more I think I'm right <laughs> you can see those tracks through the green when they're growing and <clears throat> it's all likened to the church we're planted together for what reason? to be productive to produce a crop to bring in a harvest you know we're labouring here that Andrew might labour over there and you know uh, Brother Sorette when he was over in Mauritius and the Herringsons over there we, and, the, and the folks in Japan the Emmonses in Japan we're, we're labouring together they're doing what they do yeah? Brother Evans in Japan he'd learnt Japanese at school at, te- at what do you call it, uni <laughs> and so when the Lord spoke to him about missions he was ready to go almost you know he had to fine tune a lot but now if you talk to their children or that they, they when they try to speak uh, Australian <laughs> it, they got an accent with it because they're so used to speaking Japanese they were raised over there, lived there went to uni there, went to school there but praise God they've been planted there we've been planted here you know and a tree doesn't say oh t- tomorrow I'm shifting to another spot I'm going to plant myself there and there we're planted and that means permanence and means fruitfulness and bringing, bringing in a harvest together <clears throat> otherwise you abide alone John twelve twenty four says about a, a, a seed that's not planted it abides alone we must be planted to bring forth 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Planted together. Romans 6 verse 5. Planted in Christ together and together as Christians. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans just over the page, 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, for them who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. And I've got this one as being sustained together. <laughs> when one goes through a rough patch, the other chap, the other Christians there to sustain those ones who are going through a rough time. We should be doing that. We work together for good to them that love God. These things work together, whatever they are. And uh, <laughs> some Christians might say, "Oh well, they they're getting their due." No. We're labouring and sustaining each other in the work of the Lord. It's likened to what's said in Galatians and chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2. Where it says this. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, beat him up. (laughs) Is that what it says? (laughs) No, it says, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering thyself lest thou also be tempted it could come to you too <laughs> that that is a, a verse here that's so true watch out you might think well i'm above it but you could get it too so in a spirit of meekness sustain each other as things come into our life and all things work together for good and that helps one brother help another brother or sister out in the lord uh, <clears throat> let's go to second corinthians Second Corinthians and chapter one, verse eleven. The occupation of Christians, working, labouring, planted, sustained together. 
gathered together and now in chapter 1 verse 11 for ye also ye also helping together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons thanks may be given by many on our behalf just the first part ye also what helping together by prayer praying together praying together praying in unity praying in power praying earnestly fervently and effectually for people to be saved and Christians to be strengthened and the church to grow pray together Uh, does it talk about prayer in other verses many times Hebrews talks about coming boldly to the throne of grace pray together Um, come to the prayer times and pray together and uh, there's some of the blessed times we have together talking about different things prior to prayer and praying for these things the fervent effectual prayer and you finish it of a man availeth much yes pray together that the Lord would work in our midst because it's the Lord's work and it's his power that gets the job done <laughs> we are labourers with him let's turn to Second Second Corinthians chapter 6 this time and verse 1 we're on the fifth point to work together it says in verse 1 of chapter 6 we then as workers together with him the Lord Jesus beseech you that ye receive not the grace of God in vain if we've been saved by the grace of God which we have for by grace are you saved through faith then we should work together and that the, the grace that God has bestowed upon us in salvation might not be in vain in other words there'll be something comes from it there is a result from the grace of God that you receive something happens when you get saved and it changes your attitude and here it says we work together we work together first corinthians 3 9 says for we are laborers together with god ye are god's cultivated field like we talked about before all these verses intertwine ye are god's building again building but this is that reference first corinthians 3 9 speaks about being laborers together this one says in chapter 6 verse 2 of second corinthians workers together workers together many years ago when it is now when we were building the chapel at crystal creek we built the chapel at murrindindi and there was a lot of people turned up at that <clears throat> john flack was even around at that time way way back and we were you there we pulled we, we packed up together i know that but but when we we're putting it up together that's 20 years before that and um, yeah, this one come from Melbourne too. The ca- the the eating place and the the building for meeting in for Murrindindi, and it was stored at the Emerald Farm. I remember where it was at the gate, the paddock. We had tarps over it, and then Tony James come picked it up. We loaded it on with a crane and took it up. I'd never been through the Black Spur until Tony drove the truck up there. I, you know, I say pretty local when I was a teenager, and <clears throat> we took took it up to Murrindindi to Benalla. And we had a working bee, and it was sort of panels about that wide, and up, next one, up, next one, up, next one, and, and then the roof went on, the trusses went on, and then the tin went on, and we, we put it all together in a matter of a day. As a, I don't know, 30 blokes. I've got actually film of it or pictures of it happening. But at Crystal Creek, when we put the chapel up, 
It was also from Melbourne from a school down on Springvale Road. I remember pulling it down with Merv Finger and others. And we loaded onto Stephen Emerson's low loader truck at that one, okay? And then we went and took it up to the farm at Alexandra and dumped it in the bush, not dumped it, <laughs> unloaded it in the bush. <laughs> and then when we needed it, we dug the site out at the Crystal Creek and put the stumps in, and Uncle Ray was involved in that, and, and getting the stumps and the bearers and the joists, and then we put the, the top on. And we started in the corner where you go, went into the chapel, if you've been to camp, you went in that door. One team started there, went that way, and one team started, went that way. And we're just, we're having a bit of a competition, actually. <laughs> and we started early in the day, and by the, by the night we'd met. Now, they, we say they won, I was on this team, <laughs> because they were down to the ground. We were way up about six or seven feet, and they were pretty hefty panels. They were metal panels, um, aluminium and that. And, but labouring together, and by that night we had... We, we said, look, it's um, three o'clock, we can get the crane in and put the trusses on. As we hired a thing and come in at night at night time, put in the trusses up. And then the next day we said, well, the fellow that's going to put the roof on is not coming, he's the plumber, but we better put the roof on, it's going to rain the next day. And we got the roof on. <laughs> and it's just amazing what happens when people got a mind to work and labour together. And in a church, it shouldn't be any different, should it? Now, just yesterday... <laughs> We didn't plan a working bee. There was no working bee planned. There was a few going to put some, and I turned up at about 9.30. And then um, John turned up, but his back was crooked, and he went home. And then Josh turned up, and Toby turned up. And then uh, who, who, was, who was next? Uh, Eileen and Juanita turned up. They were on cleaning. We didn't know this was all. And then Sam and Robbie turned up, and, and, and they were on mowing the lawns. And then Tim turned up, and the other Tim turned, turned, Tim turned up, and... We had a working bee here yesterday, but we didn't plan it. It just, that's the way it happened to be. And uh, it was good to see all those young people working. Michael turned up the day before. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> he was working on the floor. But to see people labouring together like that and how much gets done so quickly, all doing their part. The church should be like that. Labourers together, you know, speaking to people, going out, witnessing, testifying, ministering in all these different ways. It's, this is our occupation. This is what we're busy about. This is the most important thing in life. But the church is not full. And it comes to, and summer is ended, and we are not saved. You know, it's so close to the end of the summer of the church. There's multitudes, billions of people not saved. It's, a, it's sad because one day they will wish they had been saved. Now we come to the last one. Gather together, planted together, sustained together, praying together, working together, and, and this is, goes along with all of them, but striving together. Philippians chapter 1. And verse 27. <clears throat> Only let your conduct be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries. <clears throat> It's said that there is strength in numbers, is there not? (laughs) 
Remember the ant? Proverbs 30 verse 24, I think. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, and consider his ways and be wise. Because he having no king nor overseer, the locusts, the ants, the bees, all these give us examples of how we strive together. They strive together. I was reading an article about bees, honeybees, and how these big wasps are getting around over in other countries and just come and attack and kill, kill, kill the bees. And they noticed some beehives were, be, were surviving. And they were striving together by not all attacking the wasp, but going to the dunghill and getting manure and putting it all around their entry. And the, other guy, the, the wasp wouldn't come in for some reason. There must have been something in it that they didn't like and so I don't know how they learnt that but they learnt let's put this all around let's work together you go collect that and I'll go collect some honey I know which job I'd rather do <laughs> but the bees were work striving together for doing that work strength in numbers the, the little the coonies in the rocks <laughs> we saw the coonies over there in Israel but we need to strive together what do we hear instead division and separation like the Corinthian church where it was all going on all different directions now this is one of striving together now some close relatives I was taking the picture but three machines putting all their weight that's how you clear bush you don't use an axe or a chainsaw and then they all get together the three of them if you see three of them they're just pushing sideways and push it up and eat and then burn it a real waste but that's what we did can you imagine being a teenager and being involved in that a boy I mean I don't know if girls would like to do it <laughs> but you know you, one on its own you can push one tree over at a time but with a big rope between them the ball and the chain they sometimes use that's, that was in 1994 the last job we were allowed to do legally with that sort of thing because that's in Victoria too <laughs> that were granted permission to do something like that. It was the first young adult camp we had at Crystal Creek. We'd just taken a picture of them prior to that. They were down on the, on the river there, hopping in their canoes, and I went up, and they were doing this just up the road, about a two, two miles. But one doesn't have the strength, because who would be very upset? And I, I must say, it was legal, <laughs> and it was done with permission from the council. In fact... The council that gave the permission, when they went back to work, it was done over Christmas, said, no, we, re we rescind your permit. And they said, too late, it's all over. <laughs> 300 acres. And right now, it's growing apples. That place is growing apples. Apple trees and apples for, for other people. So it's still growing things. And, and <clears throat> these were striving together. You know, if we pull together... Now, there's the other illustration I like from the Dunn's farm. And I still reckon we would have won against Brother Dunn's tractor. Who, who remembers that day? We all had a tug of war with his wheel tractor. Were you there? Yeah, the blue tractor, the Ford, Fordson, wasn't it? But he chose, he got the downhill pull. And all us in the Sunday school um, picnic had this rope doubled up and we were making the tractor work, but it wasn't skidding yet. But how many tons was it? Yeah. Well, those tractors pull around about 5,000 pounds. 5,000 pounds. 
Yeah, kilograms. Okay, 2,000 kilos. But we were trying to pull the tractor backwards. He had it in a very low gear, and if he'd been going up the hill, it'd been interesting to see if he, we might have, you know, all the Sunday school kids and the adults were all on the rope pulling hard. I'd really like to see that happen where it went backwards and then present ourselves at Henty Field Day and say, now we're going to have a tractor people pull <laughs> and see if we... But yeah, you'd win. And isn't that like the church? Enough people all pulling in the same direction? But the trouble is, what happens? Some people start pulling in the wrong direction <laughs> and pulling against the church and bring up issues that don't need to be brought up. And God's work doesn't go forward and doesn't happen like it should happen. You know, <clears throat> let's strive together. Two are better than one. We'll close with this verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. chapter 4 verse 9 where we read two are better than one because they they have a good reward for their labor for if they fall the one will lift up his fellow we've just been talking about that in the new testament woe to him that is alone when he falleth for he hath not another to help him up again if two lie together then they have heat but how can one be warm alone you think of a snowy day and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. And that I, con- <clears throat> I concluded the, the message prior to this on that. And you've heard it, most people have heard the, this one before, about two trying, trying to do the job alone. Trying to do the job alone. Let me read it again. And uh, if you've heard it, enjoy it. I'm writing in response to your request for additional information. In block number three of the accident report form, I tried to do the job alone. As the cause of my accident, you said in your letter that I should explain more fully. I trust that the following details will be sufficient. I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the date of the accident, I was working alone on the roof. That sounds familiar. of a new six-storey building. That's not familiar. (laughs) When I completed my work, I discovered I had about 500 pounds, this is American, of bricks left over. Rather than carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley which fortunately was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor. Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out and loaded the bricks into it. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 500 pounds of brick. You will note in block number 11 on the accident report form that I weigh 135 pounds. Due to my surprise of being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rather rapid rate up the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains the fractured skull, the broken collarbone. <laughs> Slowly, only slight, slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid descent, not stopping until my fingers were on my right hand were th- two knuckles deep into the pulley. 
Fortunately, by this time I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of the bricks hit the ground. This sounds like Adolf. (laughs) Hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighs approximately 50 pounds. I refer again to my weight in block number three, number 11, as was 135. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of my building, the building in the vicinity of the third floor. I met the barrel coming up. This accounts for my two fractured ankles and lacerations to my legs and lower body. This would be a good report to send into those, you know, those guys that keep you safe. They probably got it. The encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell into the pile of bricks and fortunately only three vertebrae were cracked. I'm sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the bricks in pain, unable to stand and watching the empty barrel six storeys above me, I again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. The empty barrel weighed more than the rope, so it came back down on me and broke both my legs. I hope I have furnished the information you required as how the accident occurred. <laughs> I hope we never have to give a report like that. I don't think we'd be alive to give that report. <laughs> but <clears throat> isn't that when we try to do it alone? That's how silly it is. God has given different people. There are those in the Old Testament that had to go alone. Jeremiah was a loner. <laughs> he had to do it alone because of everybody else had, had left and gone apostate but let's labor in the work of the lord and uh, in the occupation we have occupy till he comes and you'll be glad you did because he will say well done let's close with prayer thank you lord for your word thank you for the practical thoughts shared and i pray that we might take them to heart and uh, be like the early church and and go out there with no restraint to let people know and grow in you And to understand, Lord, pray for the ministry over there in Israel, Lord, may it go forth wonderfully. Lord, as different items have been sent to warn them to flee from the wrath to come. And in Australia here, in our own town, if things have been shared and tracts have been given out, and Lord, these are not all gone into the bin. They're in the hearts of people and the minds of people. They're in cupboards. I pray that they would draw them out and read them again because, Lord, they need to trust you. Bless us as we labour together in doing your work. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.